welcome back. This is Coach Megan. This is the Couch Potato Coach Podcast. Um, Today's episode, we are going to talk a lot about emotions and feelings. So I will warn you, um, this is sort of a challenging exercise that I'm going to be talking about today. It's something that contains a bit of a stigma, I think, in our general society to be labeled as emotional is viewed as a negative thing. So I'll be talking a little bit about that. I'm going to be referencing William Urey's book, Getting to Yes with Yourself. Um, I found this book to be a really helpful starting place when you're looking into how you're feeling. And I honestly think that everyone could use a little bit of a guide because it's just not something that we have conversations around. So let's get started. to start today by diving into William Urey's book, Getting to Yes with Yourself. A little bit about who William is, if you're not familiar. You may not have heard his name before. I certainly hadn't before I stumbled across his book. According to his website, WilliamUrey.com, he is an author and co-founder of Harvard's Program on Negotiation. He currently is a distinguished senior fellow at the Harvard Negotiation Project. He graduated with his undergraduate degree from Yale University and his PhD from Harvard. So he is a very impressive guy. I think that the book, Getting to Yes with Yourself, is a very interesting read in general. He has had unconventional life in his experiences. He does talk about this a little bit on his website. He's been a mediator in all different types of conflicts. One of them was the Kentucky Wildcat coal mine strikes. Others have been ethnic wars in the Middle East. I mean, his stories are just really enthralling and he weaves them throughout his book and throughout some really base level concepts for um, finding a way to be present in the situation and remaining grounded in who you are instead of becoming triggered and reactive, which I guess is an essential skill as a negotiator. So in his book, and his book is, again, Getting to Yes with Yourself. You can pick it up anywhere that you like books if you're interested. He talks a little bit about how important self-reflection is, and he uses a strategy that I'm going to talk about here, and he calls it going to the balcony. It's a a visualization exercise. We're going to go through it. So He kind of points out that it can be easier to recognize and manage our emotions if we're able to separate ourselves from them. So this is a visualization exercise to kind of give you some space between yourself and that feeling or emotion to provide clarity. Uh, Humor me if you're giving this a try and imagine you're sitting in a large auditorium up on a balcony. And if you have no idea what an auditorium looks like or have forgotten because you've been stuck in your house all year due to COVID, you can just imagine you're in a tree looking out at a field. That'll work too. For those of us that are in the auditorium, all you have to do is ask yourself how you're feeling today and then place each feeling that arises down into the auditorium. So if I sit here and I take a moment to feel what's going on in my body, I'm going to say, well, today I'm really feeling kind of sad. I see a sad version of myself sitting down in the auditorium. And I ask myself, okay, what else is coming up for me today? I may be thinking, okay, I'm also feeling um, I'm also feeling a little frustrated. So I imagine sort of a frustrated version of myself and I place them in a different seat in the auditorium. Then I kind of go through this exercise to get all of the feelings out, whether it might be joy and gratitude, Um, that go along with it, 
or whatever it happens to be that's going on in in the background with me. Anger is one that I deal with a lot. I have an angry version of Megan down there being all mad. Once you feel like everything has come up and been labeled, we could, honestly, I could do a podcast just on being able to label your feelings, especially if you're male in our society, you've been told you're only allowed to have one feeling, which is anger. So you might not actually be able to recognize the other feelings as they come up within yourself. You can just start with mad, glad, sad. (laughs) And if that's where you need to start, there's no shame in that. So once all of your feelings are labeled and down in the audience, the next portion is to bring them up on stage one at a time. I sort of see the stage with um, a single microphone. So if I said, okay, I'm feeling scared today, I would bring up that feeling and I would say, okay, Megan, why are you feeling scared today? And the scared version of myself might say something like, oh, I have to speak in front of people today. I'm really scared they're going to judge me and think I'm not a good speaker and find out I don't know what I'm doing and I'm not good enough to be here. And while these things are coming up, the trick of it is just to allow the feeling to say whatever it needs to say without judgment. Because for me, it would be easy to hop in and say, oh, you're, this is, this is so stupid. You're being so silly. There's no reason for you to have these fears. You don't need to be scared. Who cares if people judge you and kind of just go down that road. So the trick here is just to allow these feelings to be here and be part of yourself without judging them. So you kind of go through and you ask all of your feelings what they need to bring up. Sometimes that might prompt you to do some journaling or some reflecting on a particular area of your life. Sometimes it prompts you to do nothing and you're just able to kind of go about your day. You might be thinking, okay, well, that's great. I have this exercise. What's the point of this? Well... Many times we're actually controlled by our feelings that are lurking kind of just beneath the surface. And so if you ever find yourself saying, you don't know why you acted in a way that you did, or you wish you didn't feel a particular way about a situation, then this exercise sort of helps you under uncover what it is you need to hear. It's very difficult. I get it. It's difficult to accept all parts of ourselves the ones that make us feel weak or pathetic for feeling scared. It's a lot easier in the moment to just sort of ignore these parts of ourselves, go about our morning, go about our day, you know, pretend we have no fear when we're on that stage. It's easier in the moment to just pretend that these feelings don't exist, but it is harder and harder in the long term. And more and more research is emerging about showing how suppression of feelings actually leads to physical health issues. You have weakened immune systems. No one can continue to ignore these parts of themselves, especially the ones that you judge harshly in the long term without serious consequences. Either you acknowledge that part of you or that part is going to be allowed to run rampant and sabotage any efforts that you're making to move forward. So if you're sitting there telling yourself you shouldn't feel this way, and I have thought that more times than there are stars in the sky, I shouldn't feel angry right now. I should be flattered by what he said. I should be happy about this. I was shooting all over myself, as the lovely Carrie Bradshaw puts it in Sex and the City, and it got me nowhere. It doesn't help to tell yourself you shouldn't feel a certain way. It won't stop the emotion and it won't make you feel better. Um, What does work is noticing how you feel 
and then allowing yourself to express emotion with the caveat, of course, here, as long as you're not hurting yourself or others while expressing it. So that brings me to sort of the second part of my podcast. You might be wondering, well, I've never even heard how people express their emotions or I tend to just express my emotions in a negative way. I don't know how to do it any other way because no one talks about this stuff. So I just kind of wanted to share a way that I use to express my anger. And I chose the emotion anger because that's got a negative stigma attached to it, especially as a woman. I'm not really allowed to be angry. So I wanted to sort of show how I express my anger. I don't think there's actually anything wrong with the emotion anger. I do think it can be one that is taken out on the people around us if we don't express it in a positive manner. So that's sort of my focus for today. I've learned if I don't pay attention to how I'm feeling and proactively manage my anger, then it it works its way out on others, usually on my young kids. So um, my kids are two and five. So a normal day in my house. I've learned if I don't pay attention to how I'm feeling and proactively manage my emotion, then it works its way out on my kids typically. So let me explain sort of what that looks like. It's a normal day in my house, but I'm snapping at my kids impatiently anytime they make a mess or they don't listen to me or they fight amongst themselves. And by the way, my kids are two and five, so they do all of those things several thousand times a day, and it's just part of normal living with them, and it's not something that typically causes me to be impatient, or it's not something I'm usually impatient at. So I notice how on this particular day, my body is tense, and my voice sounds short and punctuating, and I have little tolerance for my kids being kids. These are warning signs. They're telling me I don't have the capacity to be the mom that I want to be because my needs haven't been met. If I ignore these warning signs and just continue on with my day with my usual childcare and household responsibilities, I might end up yelling at my kids or speaking to them with contempt. None of those things are acceptable standards of myself for parenting. So when I notice the small warning signs of me, of my voice sounding impatient or my body being a little tense to my kids being normal children, then these are my warning signs. When I notice these warning signs, instead of telling myself I have no reason to feel that way or that I'm not behaving that badly, and lots of kids have it way worse. And it won't matter if I have a bad day and I'm a little impatient with my kids. That's no big deal. Now, these are things that I have practiced in the past, but now I choose to pay attention to this warning sign. So I can discharge anger in the car by myself listening to music. So I'll find an excuse to run to the store for something or just tell my husband I need a minute alone. I'll grab my car keys and head out the door. Once I'm alone in my car, I throw on a song that feels right for the moment and I find that anger and I feel as angry as I can and I sit in that uncomfortable feeling and I let it wash over and over me and I will think that I can't handle it sometimes, but I always do. Um, Sometimes I'll scream, sometimes I cry. Sometimes I bad scream, sing the lyrics. (laughs) Sometimes I 
dance along to the beat of my upper body while driving along. Sometimes I do all three. I'm just committed to sitting in that feeling until it feels spent. After, I always feel lighter and I'm proud of myself for working my feelings out before they got worked out on other people, which is a Brene Brown thing. She says very poignantly, stop working your shit out on other people. And that is what I, this is how I work out my anger so that it doesn't go out on anyone else around me. And my goal here is just to provide an example of how I was able to find a profound relief and change in my life. I'm a very emotional person. It, it, I have a lot of anger in me that doesn't just go away because I tell myself I shouldn't feel angry. But I no longer feel like my emotions run me. I have this easy technique that I can go. I work out my anger and when I come back, my kids can be kids and all of a sudden I'm not snapping at them. I'm not impatient with them. I'm much more tolerant and loving. If you want to choose to do this, all you're doing is identifying a feeling that might be currently overshadowing your day-to-day activities. And most of the time this feeling is there or and you may or may not be aware of why it's there. So to proceed with your everyday activities is to deny your humanity. My hope is that you will be able to identify the feeling before it is so pervasive that you're having trouble seeing around it, that you are working your shit out on other people. So let's identify sadness before it's gotten so big that it's caused depression. Let's identify anger before it becomes contempt and causes rifts in all of your significant relationships. So once you notice this emotion and it's strong enough to be causing issues as you go about your day, small issues, you can't concentrate on your work project, you have no energy to join a friend for lunch, you aren't motivated to be a good parent, that's when you want to get yourself at least 15 minutes. Ideally, you take as long as you need, but I'm a realist and I know a lot of people can barely find 15 minutes. So find yourself a solid 15 minutes in a place where you can be alone. It might be in the bathroom at work, in the coat closet at home, hiding from your kids, in your car while parked in a parking lot, or driving around aimlessly. It usually isn't the nice, quiet meditation room that we wish we all had. This has to fit into your daily life. So you have to make do with whatever it is you have at hand. And then you just kind of want to do something that brings you into your body. Ideally, you want to think of something that you can connect to. Maybe think of something about moving your body or being in your body a fun way to connect that I've always loved dancing so just moving my body back and forth can do it bouncing up and down a little humming you can sing you can root your feet into the ground you can clasp both hands together and push them sort of generate some heat the first step in this process of expressing an emotion is simply to bring awareness back into your body so that's all you're doing here Now, the second step is to tap into the feeling. Feel it as much as you can, and instead of running from the unpleasantness of it, allow it to wash over you. Try not to think. Try to stick with the feeling and your body activity, and when you feel the feeling is spent or the timer has gone off, then you can go about your day, and I think you'll find you're able to be much more present than you would otherwise be. You're going to be a more relaxed, authentic version of yourself. You will have time, if you're doing the balcony visualization exercise, you're gonna have time to listen to what that feeling was saying. That is a little separate from from this exercise because this is just pure 
energy that needs to be discharged and recognized. I had to learn how to do this because I was never taught about what to do with my emotions. And it wasn't well until my adult life that I realized my emotions didn't have to run the show. I didn't need to apologize for my reactive behavior if I could stop it before it ever happened. That was really eye-opening for me. So uh, I'm going to give you just one more example of how I worked out sadness. I also did this in the car. I think that's just a function of my life. I am a busy mom with two kids. I'm rarely alone. So when I'm commuting to work or running an errand, that might be some of the only time that I'm alone. And that's what I use. So your situation might be totally different and what you want to do is tailor this to what works the best for you. If you don't have a car, then obviously you'll want to find a different spot. I can remember on this particular day that I was feeling sad and I put on a sad song for me, which is uh, To Build a Home by the Cinematic Orchestra. And oh, I love that song. It's a beautiful song if you've ever heard it. So I put that on repeat and I envisioned myself dancing to this song as sort of a visual representation of what my feeling looked like so as my body moved and twisted I felt sadness move and twist through my body and just sort of released it and I envisioned myself dancing with my daughter and her relentless need for attention and I danced in my head through the sadness of all I had sacrificed and given up to be there as much as she needed me it was a privilege to be able to do that. It still required so much time that I had to give up on attending to myself to be there for her. And I was sad about that. And I could tell myself I shouldn't feel that way. I could have told myself that feeling sad was silly and selfish and shamed myself right out of feeling sad. But I didn't. I allowed the feeling to be there and I danced it away in my head and I saw my body sort of move and twist with the dancing and the soothing sounds of to build a home and I felt the sadness dissipating. Tears, I had a lot of tears, they just kind of fell freely down my cheeks and at the end of my drive home I dried my cheeks, I grabbed my work bag and I, I entered my house with a real smile and happiness to gather up my daughter and give her all of the attention that she needed. Processing my feelings of sadness allowed me to be a better, more present mother. Denying and ignoring them, then I would have showed up defeated with a fake smile and a sense of dread that I didn't have the energy to get through the night. These were false truths and the energy it takes to hide a feeling is so much more than the energy required to just process a feeling and move on. Our feelings, they're there for a reason. They are guiding us towards a more authentic version of ourselves if we dare to follow them. It's up to us to pay attention, to ask them what they're trying to tell us, and then to acknowledge what they said and what we want to do about it. I truly love this exercise. You're using two totally separate parts of your brains when you do this. So you actually get to put language to your feelings. And the part of your brain that processes language is in a totally separate part of your brain than where we process our feelings. So you're sort of bringing these two pieces of your brains together and giving respect and time to these feelings. And when you do that, they're not going to be unconsciously running you in the background. So now that we're able to operate much more consciously, and it's also going to give you more 
energy. It takes a lot of energy to numb yourself and pretend that you're not actually a feeling human when you are. This entire concept of exploring how you're feeling may feel a little strange to you. I wouldn't be surprised to hear a lot of people's opinions out there thinking that maybe this sounds really out there and this is too hippy-dippy and this is just not for me. These are things that aren't explored that much and I think there really is a need. I think if we all as individuals looked inside for the answers more often, then we would collectively suffer a whole lot less. And that's sort of why I chose this activity for today. I hope it was helpful. I hope that you can get past your own judgments and give it a try and get something from it. Okay, it's time in the podcast where I'm going to give you this week's challenges. Last week, I challenged you to recognize when you were doing a numbing activity and just acknowledge that, whether it was out loud or just in your head. This week, I'd like you to take it a step further. And if you recognize that you're doing a numbing activity, stop and replace it with the visualization technique of going to the balcony. That's a hefty challenge. It might sound easy, but if you can do that to replace your numbing this week, even one or two times, that would be a huge step towards change. And it might not seem like a big deal and nothing is going to change overnight, but those small little incremental changes are going to add up over time. Those small changes over time are what produce measurable results. So stick with me. The other thing I wanted to remind you of is just to continue to do your five daily gratitudes. So when you get up in the morning, write down five things you're grateful for. If you're not a morning person, do this at night right before you go to bed. Just that practice, again, small little incremental changes. True change. That concludes my podcast for today. I hope that you will join me in two weeks when I put out a new one. And anyone that is feeling truly alone, please come here anytime you need. Listen to my voice and just know that you are not. Thank you.